to, to uh, the last week in putting the real and reality TV. All right, we are, we are done with it. Just kind of give you a, uh, a, a heads up. Uh, next week is just a one-day uh, sermon. It's not a series. Um, if you have any, any um, family members, um, any friends um, who, who may not, that you, know, you, may, you may think they don't have Jesus as their Savior, that will be a good one to come to, okay? Because it's pretty much a simple gospel message next Sunday, okay? Uh, and I just wanted to share that. Um, that I'm really pumped up about doing it. I'm excited. Uh, I already have it ready. Um, and so um, that, that's something we're going to do next Sunday and then shortly, and then the next week, uh, we'll start um, looking at the Christmas story, all right, uh, that old movie, and doing some parallels like we did last year with It's a Wonderful Life. We'll do a Christmas story this December, okay? And so that's, uh, uh, that's the plan going forward. So last week, we looked at, uh, again, we're looking at America's Got Talent. You can see those people there. And then uh, we, last week, we looked at the first two parts, uh, two things of four things that we looked at, the life of David. Uh, we looked at the idea that he went through preparations, right? He went through auditions. He, he, uh, he, he said before he battled Goliath that, man, he, he, he took care of some lions and bears, you know? Uh, so what's, what's Goliath to him, basically? Um, and, and he went through a time of testing. Uh, we looked at that idea. And then we looked at all his talents. And you remember, man, his style, you know, sometimes people who are really, really talented at stuff, it almost kind of makes you sick, but you don't want to admit it. But you're like, man, you're so good at everything. You know, um, that's not me, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, he, was, he had so many talents, and he was a musician, and, and he was a warrior, um, you know, and he, a man after God's own heart, ultimately. But he used as many talents for God. And, and then we got to uh, the next point. Miss Ronald put it up there. Uh, it says, like David, we can be, you know, we need to be available to God, used by God. And that was last week. And then today, be honest with God and give credit to God for any victories in our lives. And we're looking at the last two parts in there today. And so, so if you took notes from last week or if you weren't here or whatever, um, the third point is the word emotions. Emotions. Uh, of course, we have emojis now. Some of you young, young crowd know about emojis. Um, do any of your, does anybody here use emojis on texting? All right. <laughs> uh, I was told a while back that, I, that um, not to do that when I was texting my, my basketball team. Like, you don't need to put emojis. It's kind of weird, Coach. I said, okay. Um, so, I, I, so I'm not one to use a lot of emojis unless it's to my wife. Uh, I used some the other day to Kaylin because Kaylin used uh, Mommy's phone. And she said this, it was Kaylin. And so I made sure I gave her the uh, I love you sign. This is something that we do. But anyway, um, but do, do, you, um, do you know anybody or are you the person that wears their hearts on their sleeves? Uh, can I just kind of like anybody that way? You, you wear hearts on your sleeves? Okay, so um, that's me. Okay. In fact, I was told a long time ago when I was in college that, um, you know, he said, Patrick, you know, we feel like you're going to be a good teacher. All right. That's, I was studying to be a teacher at Valdosta State. So I feel like you're going to be, you know, you're talented, you know, you have good grades. I feel like you're, you'll make a good teacher, but you need to be careful because you wear your heart on your sleeve, and that might not be a good quality as a teacher, you know. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, guess what? Um, I've been wearing my heart on my sleeve and being me for 24 years, and it served me all right. And I just had to be myself, Miss Howe. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be somebody they wanted me to be. Uh, so, you know, Hallie had me as a teacher. Hallie knew uh, when she walked in the door how Coach Murphy was feeling. All right, um, I could, I can't hide it. Um, in fact, a couple weeks ago, I, I mean, I, thought I was trying to hide something a couple weeks ago. Like, okay, so my last peer class was coming in the door, 
And the class before it had made me kind of mad because they had taken a, a an orange juice carton and they had popped it. They popped and the juice went everywhere on the floor. And I in the hallway, I don't like that because I don't, you know, I don't think it's the janitor's job to clean up stuff like that, you know. And so um, I was mad about that. And and the first two people, I was trying to cover it up. And so the first two people were, were girls. They came in and, uh, down the hallway, and they said, they said, hey, Coach Murphy, I always tell them, hey, you know. And uh, and then both of them stopped and they did a double take and went and come and they went by the hallway and then they came back and was like, are you okay, Coach Murphy? Both of them. I thought I was hiding it, Brother Tommy. I thought I was hiding my feelings. I thought I was just saying, hey, good, good afternoon, good to see y'all. Said that to both of them, and both of them were like, what's wrong with you? You know, and so uh, I, I can't hide my emotions, and you know, that, that's okay. All right, some people are that way, some people are not that way. What I like about David is that you see a real person when you look at David. Like, a real as far as like, he, he wore his emotions on his sleeve, he... he he expressed his feelings. When he was happy, he was happy. When he was sad, he was sad. And he wasn't afraid to, to acknowledge those, those, uh, those emotions. Uh, and we're going to look at three things today uh, with, with emotions. Uh, him dancing before the ark. All right? Number two, his reaction whenever he was confronted with his sin. All right? And then some examples of the Psalms. We're going to bounce through the Psalms a little bit and, and uh, look at some other things there. And so uh, one thing I've noticed is about emotions is that the older I get, um, the more emotional I am. Is anybody anybody like that way? Like, yeah, man. Like, I man, I can cry watching the sad commercial, man. Like, like I don't even know what's wrong with me, you know. Like, somebody injected me with some you know, with whatever whatever hormone that makes me cry. Uh, but you know, uh, if there is one, I don't know. But man, like, I, I just uh, I get real emotional as the, as the years go on. Um, but uh, the the great thing I want us to see is that we can be honest with God because He can handle it. Okay, but I first want to look at him dancing before the Ark of the Covenant. So that's in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 19. All right, and we're going to see uh, some things happen that, man, this was tough. And, uh, but look how, we're going to look at uh, what happened here. So 2 Samuel all right, chapter 6, all right, verses 1 through 19. All right, we're going, to, uh, we're going to go ahead and start in verse 1. It says, David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. Right? And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio... Uh, the sons of Abinadab were driving the new cart with the ark of God, and, and Ahio went before the ark. Verse 5, And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. Man, they had a band, Mr. Tom. Right? And they were going out to celebrate before, the God and went, before God. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled and the anger of the Lord who was kindled against Uzzah and God struck him down there because of his error and he died there because, beside the ark of God. And David, verse 8, was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. Notice his emotions. He was real. He was honest. He was angry. Okay? He didn't understand why God would strike him down okay? for just touching the ark. Of, uh, the ark okay? And that place is called Paris Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, 
the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Verse 12, And it was told King David, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when they who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. So they took more care of the ark, which was part of the problem the first time. They were a little careless with the, with the handling of the ark. All right? And so this time, every six steps, they would stop and they would sacrifice an ox and a fattened animal. And David, verse 14, And David danced before the Lord with all his might. He danced before the Lord with all his might. Boy, there might be some churches that might not like that nowadays. All right? But David danced before the Lord. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the, of the horn. And, he, and then you go on and see that he danced. And, uh, and then Saul's daughter Michael looked down and didn't like that, you know, and despised him in her heart. All right? But um, he, he brings in the ark of the Lord. But the couple things that I, that I was bringing out there that I wanted to bring out was that he was angry, and then he danced with all his might, and he made sure that he, you know, he took very good care of the ark this time. But he was a real person, you know. I think of real people and real emotion and real, you know, energy there, just dancing. You know, even last night, Sally, you know, it was after supper, and and we were cleaning up, and and uh, and we, I, I had some little some oldies on the on my phone playing, and we just started dancing, you know, just and and Sally was like, "Let's dance, girls," and we're just all dancing. You know, uh, and, and that some of my favorite times are are are, like, are that way. Like we went to my um, niece's uh, wedding about two years ago, and like our whole family was dancing. You know, we didn't care. You know, we were just doing all silly stuff, but it was just like they were celebrating and dancing, and, and the girls had a blast. You know, it was just a really fun time. And so, and the fact that he again he was angry and he was okay uh, in 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 saying that. You know, he had somebody he cared for that that died, and so uh, he was angry. He 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 acknowledged that. And then I want to look at the next thing we'll look at is his response to his own sin. So, uh, I think most of us know all right what David what David did. But if you if you didn't, David had uh, David committed adultery with Bathsheba, all right? Um, and he should have been. That's a whole other sermon. He he should have been out when uh, with the with the people going to war, going to battle, because it was a time of the year where he's supposed to do that. And he was a warrior, but he stayed home. And that's a whole other sermon for another day. But uh, he he was uh, being lazy, so to speak, there, and saw a woman, and then they and then you know uh, it went from there. Then he had his her husband killed. Okay? Which, and so he obviously some awful, awful, awful things here. And so if you'll go a couple, a couple pages to the right, okay? 2 Samuel chapter 12. Okay? 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1. We're going to read for uh, uh, probably about 14 verses. We might skip, but, skip, skip some, but we might not. All right? uh, however God leads. But Nathan rebukes David. So, uh, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. Nathan was a prophet. He came to him and said to him, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ooey lamb, which he, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. Look at his emotion, his anger, right? against the man in this story that Nathan 
that, that Nathan uh, was sharing. As the Lord lives, a man who has done that deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. He gave them all these things, y'all. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Verse 9, Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in the sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. So I find this interesting. You know, he, Nathan comes to share a story. Nathan was used by God to share a story that was about David. You know, and you see David's response? He got angry. You know, oh, I, man, that guy in that story deserves to die. And then this kind of cool, how you like this, but you used to say, you the man, you know, you the man. All right. It actually says you the man in the Bible. So if you ever went, you know, tell, yeah, that's in the Bible. It is. All right. Because Nathan says in uh, verse 7, you, you are the man. I'm talking about you. All right. You're the one that did this. You could have had everything that you wanted. You had everything you wanted as king, but yet you took Uriah's wife. Right? And, and uh, now, and you had him killed. All right? You did this, and you need to, and, and guess what? There's consequences. Hallie and I talked about that this morning in our discipleship class. There's consequences for sin. Yes, you, you can be forgiven as a Christian. Uh, and if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. Right? Amen. But there's still consequences. And you you can read later, you can read more about that story and find out that that child did die. Yeah, that child did die, just as Nathan said. The child of him that him and Bathsheba had. And so, uh, but there's sin. But I love, I love David's response in Psalm chapter 51. And yes, he was a, uh, he, he messed up. All right? uh, definitely messed up. But listen to David's response that he put in song, right? And song form, and it's and it happens to be Psalm chapter fifty-one. And I'm gonna try to to go not not bounce too fast back there for you, but <laughs> we talked about that earlier. Um, but Psalm chapter fifty-one. Listen to David's heartfelt response here. He says, "Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Blot out my rebellion, completely wash away my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin." For I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. I realize I've messed up. My sin is before me. Against you, you alone I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. I was born in sin. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. And this is one that I know you've heard many times. God, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Then I will teach you rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not want a sacrifice or I would give it. You are not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and a humbled heart, O God. In your good pleasure, call Zion to prosper. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings, and bulls will be offered on your altar. And see what, Paul, what, what David is saying? God, I, I, I messed up. I acknowledge my sin before you. Please create in me a clean heart. Well, that's what we do as we mess up as Christians. Amen? As we sin as Christians. Amen? We go to God and we confess our sins. Right? And, and as, as Hal and I talked about this morning, I didn't know I was going to say this, but that's, that's called our fellowship with God. Okay? We believe as, as Christians, as Baptists, uh, we believe that uh, in the security of the believer, right? that we're in the hand of Jesus and, the, and, and we're also in the hand of God. We're double-handed, so to speak. Right? And so uh, he, he holds us in His hands. We've given our life to Christ. You have salvation. But our fellowship may have been messed up and be hindered. Sally and I are married, but we may not always agree all right, uh, 24-7. So maybe our fellowship, maybe we don't, we're not feeling as close to each other, but we're still married. Right? And so I want to encourage you in that. But I just love his response. It's open. It's honest. All right? He acknowledges his sin before God. And then I want, to, I want you to hear just a couple. And if you don't have to like read with me, I, I don't want to go too fast. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to go too slow. But I want to—I just want to take a little, quick little journey through Psalms and just pick out a couple of verses of David, where David wrote these, uh, expressing some raw emotions. Like, for instance, in Psalm chapter six, if you just want to write down the reference. Psalm chapter six, verses two and three, you see agony and abandonment, as he says, "Be gracious to me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are shaking." My whole being is shaken with terror. And you, Lord, how long? He feels abandoned by God. You ever felt that way? You know, feel abandoned. There's agony. Uh, what about feeling crushed in Psalm chapter 34, verse 18? Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. He's near the brokenhearted. What other God is near the brokenhearted? Amen. Psalm 31, verse 9. Psalm 31, verse 9. You see grief. As David says, be gracious to me, Lord, because I am in distress. I'm grieved. My eyes are worn out from frustration. My whole being as well. I'm so grieved right now what's going on. But he's honest with God, and God can handle it, guys. God can handle it. Even hate. Psalm 31, verse 6. I hate those who are devoted to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. Strong words, but he said it. Psalm 32, verse 4. Heaviness. Heaviness. For day and night your hand, God, was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. I feel like your hand was heavy on me. And then Psalm 25, verse 16, you see loneliness. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am alone and afflicted. You ever felt alone? God knows. God knows. Listen to the emotions that David shares. And again, I want to keep telling you that God's not afraid of our openness. We can be honest with Him. He knows it anyway. Like We're going to hide from Him. We're not going to hide anything from Him. He's God. So... Be honest. It's okay. It's okay to tell God exactly how you feel. Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm 5, verses 1 and 2. You, hear, you see sighing and cries in Psalm 5, verses 1 and 2. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my sign. Pay attention to the sound of my cry. My King and my God, for I pray to you. And then sorrow. Psalm 6, verse 7. My eyes are swollen from grief. They grow old because of all my enemies. 
My eyes are swollen from grief. I'm sorrowful. And I've been weeping. But I want to tell you this, God, and I trust that you'll, that you'll, uh, you'll listen. Look, I've said this many times before. Um, our kids in Hamlin County can spot out fake in a hurry. They can. Ms. Howe, you probably saw that in your years. They spot out fake people in a hurry. They know whether you, are, whether you really care for them or whether you don't. Okay? I mean, again, our God can handle our emotions. We have permission to be real with God. Right? He can handle it. He can be trusted. Again, why try to be fake anyway? All right? We're not going to be able to fool them. And, and to go along with this, I want to make a kind of a dirt road to the cross, uh, to the gospel. And I'm going to say this next week anyway, but we must be open and honest with our condition before we can ever have salvation. We, we must be open and, and, and realize that we are sinners in need of a saving grace. We have, that's the first thing. We sang it in Sunday school and, and Sunday school and vacation Bible school. A, admit that you're a sinner. All right? But we just skip that. Oh man, I say, you know, I, I might have to preach a little bit, Mr. Tommy, but you know, and that's something we'll talk about next week. But it's something that I'm really encouraged and fired up about as I went to uh, the Florida Baptist Convention last week. And all the many million lives of people in, in the state of Florida who don't know Jesus as their Savior. Right? And then I'm convinced there's a whole lot of them that sit in churches every Sunday. Right? I, I'm just convinced. You know, that they, they sit in the church and, but, and they're okay with, with, with uh, singing God Bless America and having good families and, you know, and all that. I'm not saying those things are bad, but they don't want, we don't want to admit some, some people. And I was that person for a while, so I'm preaching to myself. Right? We don't want to admit that we're sinners, right? that our sin put Jesus on the cross, right? and we need a Savior. Right? And so I want to encourage you, as far as we talk about emotions, I want to make it a little dirt road. Charles Spurgeon said he, in every, in every uh, sermon he wants to make a beeline to the cross. Well, Brother Patrick kind of takes dirt roads, but we got there. All right? And we got there to the cross. So again, like David, right, we want to be honest with God and want to give credit to God. For our victories, let's look at that. Verse uh, number four, victories. And as we look at victories, you want to see that these victories are over big enemies, over small enemies, over people we thought were friends, and over himself. And so Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, we read it last week, right? No need to kind of no need to read the whole story again, but that was a pretty big deal, was it not? Pretty big deal. And and, and that was the case back then. A lot of times in some battles, all right, they would pick one person to represent them. And said, okay, if that person wins, then that, that, that country, that side gets the victory. Okay? And man, he come out there, David came, uh, Goliath came out there, and he mocked uh, the children of God and, the, and God himself. And remember how big he was? Like, I feel like we don't really completely um, appreciate just how large he was. Uh, anywhere from 8 foot 5 to 9 foot 2 on my study. Oh my goodness, how big that man was. I mean, his, he, uh, his armor and his weapon would have weighed anywhere from 150 to 200 pounds. Like, oh my goodness. Like, unbelievable size. This was a monumental challenge. Monumental challenge. And he was also taunting the Israelites. But again, I asked you last week, what in your life seems monumental? Right, you can only overcome with God's help. And again, I'm going to make a dirt road to the cross. Brother Tommy, is that Okay. All right. Our sin was monumental. Like, like what we need to understand is that we can't save ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We're not capable of it. And those of us who are in here are like me, I'm a, 
I'm going to do whatever I can person. I'm going to make straight A's. I'm going to do whatever teacher tells me. You know, and, and I'm going to do, do, do. But see, that, didn't, that doesn't work with, with Christianity. That doesn't work for salvation. Yeah? It doesn't work because we're not capable of it. Yeah? God is a perfect and holy God. And our sin caused separation between us and Him. Only Jesus could bridge that gap. Amen? Only Jesus. The next one that we see uh, that we see victories for David, we see them in the countries and the, the fights. And then this is just a small point, but one nonetheless. As we see in First Chronicles uh, chapter 18, um, you don't have to go there, but First Chronicles chapter 18 describes eight to nine battles that David won. They go into detail and they talk about eight to nine battles that David won as a as a uh, as the leader of the army. And of course, we know about him, you know, and this we're going to see it here soon again, where uh, the people saying about how Saul killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. So we knew he had he won many, many battles. And, and I don't know what your small battles are, right? but maybe it's just uh, maybe feelings of unworthiness, uh, maybe feelings of guilt. Okay? I don't know what those may be. Right? But they exist in our lives, and maybe just be that person that man you just can't get along with at work. You know, it, who, I don't know what it may be, but uh, you're battling that every day. God can help you, okay? Um, there, without going in, in completely great detail, uh, I think I may have said this to you before months and months ago. Um, but you know, I had I had somebody I worked with that for whatever reason just didn't like me. All right. I thought I was a pretty likable guy, Miss Ginger. I don't know. All right, but uh, but boy, for whatever reason, he didn't like me, and uh, I made had the worst evaluation I've ever got. Needs improvement you know, as a teacher. I'm like, wow, I've been teaching 20 years and I get needs improvement, you know. Um, and, and for whatever reason, he didn't like me, and and that bothered me because I'm an A student and I wanted to get the top. If I don't get highly effective, I, I'm I'm not happy. Okay, and so. Uh, I, I, you know, for whatever reason, it, you know, this person just didn't didn't jive with me. And then what did God do? Put me and him in the same building where we had to work with each other, where I had to see him every morning. All right, the same guy that that I didn't holler at him, okay, but it's like I don't have a whole lot of like fusses and arguments with people, but he and I had an argument, okay? uh, And I and this one that I didn't back down from, you know, and I'm like I, I don't agree with you. Okay, and I didn't. I refused to sign my my evaluation. I said I'm not signing that. My principal was like, you you, you know you don't want to sign. It? I said that, that's your stance. Yes, that is hogwash. I'm not signing it. Okay, and so uh, and 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 so all that come up when we were working together. So it was like the third day. Right, I was like, okay, God, <laughs> I hear you. All right, God, forgive me. Help me to forgive him. You know, help me to forgive that person. And. He did. Now, obviously, I still, you know, it still bothered me from time to time, but I, I learned to forgive him, and he ended up his completely changing his perception of me, all right, and saying nice things to me, you know, and, and I'm like, wow, the same person. But so whatever that might be, God can, God can help you. God can give you the victory in that. Uh, and then maybe it's people who you thought were your friends. I mean, y'all remember last week we said we told we talked about how Saul actually asked David, had David come to his house. And, and come to his just and, and in this palace and stay with him, right? Because when he had like a a spirit that you know agitated him, what would David do? Play music, right? He play music and he and he felt better. So he was his he was his friend, wouldn't you say? I mean, I, I would think so. But but look, listen to this: Second, First Samuel verse eighteen, starting in verse chapter eighteen, verse six. First Samuel eighteen, verse six. I'll get it right eventually, y'all. All right. 
as the troops were coming back, when David was returning from killing the Philistine, right, Goliath, the women came out from all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul, singing and dancing with tambourines, with shouts of joy, with three string instruments. As they danced, the women sang, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has tens of thousands. Saul was furious and resented the song. They credited tens of thousands to David, he complained, but they only credited me with thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul watched David jealousy from that day forward. Tried to kill him, right, Brother Tommy? Tried to kill him a couple times. Okay? Uh, it all started with jealousy. And then listen to this. First Samuel chapter 18, I'll just give you the reference. Saul attempts to kill David with a spear in his house. Threw a spear at him. And Mr. Rick, what about that? We had to move pretty quickly to get out of that. Threw a spear at him. All right? Saul tr- and then after that, Saul tried to have David killed by the Philistines. The- Goliath was a Philistine. Goliath was a Philistine. Saul said, hey, man, hey, hey, I got something for you. That David guy? Yeah, yeah. I want y'all to kill him. 1 Samuel 18. You can read it. I'm not lying. Okay? All right. 1 Samuel 19. Saul ordered Jonathan and his servants to kill David. Ordered his son and his servants. Said, I want David killed. Go kill him. Okay? And then he tried to kill David again with a spear. All right? The second time. He sent agents to David's house to, to secretly kill him. And that's a great story. All right? As his wife kind of helps him hide, you know, hide and... You know, all this stuff, you know, and then, and then Saul feels betrayed. I can't believe he did that, you know. And so, and then 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 31, Saul said that David, quote, must die, end quote. Same one is supposed to be his friend. And then 1 Samuel 23 verse 14, Saul searched for David every day. He kept pursuing David, right? And then uh, after that, you see David hiding in caves. And uh, you'll see a few times where David spared Saul's life. David could have killed him, but didn't. You know, he's like, why do you keep coming after me, Saul? Why? He ran from Saul for a long time. Have you ever been betrayed by a friend? It hurts. It hurts. Um, one of the things that bothered me the most uh, about coaching in, in uh, Hamlin County is I always felt more respected outside of Hamlin County than inside Hamlin County. It's sad, but I'm just being honest. I always felt like if I'm outside Hamlin County, people are like, man, that Coach Murphy can coach. And y'all got a good coach over there, but inside didn't really feel that, feel that way, you know, and and so uh, it always bothered me, and it's because I kind of felt like, man, these people, you know, in the own town don't don't believe that, and so it hurts. And then lastly, we've already looked at this a little bit, so just really, really short. If you're taking notes, um, victory over sin, and we know what what uh, what uh, what David did in Second Samuel 11 with the sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. There's an old African proverb that says, when there is no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. When there's no enemy within. Well, that enemy within, a lot of times, for us, as, you know, it's just as humans, is sin. Okay? And, and man, just like Dave, like Paul says, you know, gosh, this stuff I want to do, I don't do. Stuff I don't want to do, I do. Right? God, help me. Right? I'm a wretched man. You know, and, and that's us, again. Making that dirt road to the cross. That's where Jesus comes in. And so I want to end by looking at the idea, again, that David was a real person. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. I'm going to go there just for a second as we wrap up today. Mr. Tommy said I could get, I could get finished early today. So, Isn't that right, bro? All right. <laughs> I don't know why I like to pick on you. Probably because I get it back. I don't know. From you. First Samuel 13, verse 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord, talking to Saul, the Lord has sought, this is Samuel, 
Okay, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. But he's talking about David. David being a man after God's own heart. See, ultimately, it's about the heart as we finish today. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm going to go there one more time and ask Mr. Lawrence to come on up. You know, they say that the distance... The distance from your head to your heart is about 18 inches. Right. It's about 18 inches. And man, I feel like, and I know I'm not the first person to say this, but there's a lot of people sitting in churches and not even, or maybe they're not in church, who miss heaven by 18 inches. They know about Jesus. They heard about Jesus. They believe he's a good guy. Did some good things. But they don't. Give their heart to Jesus. You, you got to believe it. Uh, um, this old saying, you got to know it down deep in your knower. You know? And Hallie told me that a couple weeks ago. All right? And then she came to Christ. She said, I just want to know that I know that I know. Right? What you said? And you do now. I don't know who, I don't know who, if you, if that's you or not, but I want to uh, extend that invitation to you today. Don't miss heaven by 18 inches. Right? know about God, right? but have we committed, do we really believe that He can save us? Because that was me. I didn't think God could save me. Right? I didn't think I was worth saving. And I wasn't really a, what you would call a bad guy. I mean, I did some bad stuff, sure, but you know, I wasn't at you know, the bar every night or anything like that, but, um, but I, I didn't feel like God could save me. Right? My sin was ever before me, and I'm not worth saving. Right? But see, I did. At least I recognized my sin. And that's where I think, again, we've got to go back to we have to admit our sin. Right? Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is God's Son, right? that He rose from the grave. The Bible says we'll be saved. Right? Just commit our lives to Him. So if you haven't done that today, the altar is open. I'm here. Be glad to talk with you as we sing the, the last song. Page 290.